This is a Baby Brunch podcast. When last were you in the club? Are nightclubs a thing of the past since you became a parent? If so, that doesn't mean your clubbing days are over. Join the Pick and Pay Baby Club for free and get three times Smart Shopper points on all baby-related products, as well as exclusive deals and more. Send a free SMS with your Smart Shopper card number to 30651 to join today. Pick and Pay Baby Club is one of the proud sponsors of Ilana Africa's Baby Brunch. This is a Baby Brunch podcast series that lives on babybrunch.co.za about about ordinary people who do extraordinary things. So we're chatting to parents and we want to lend support to moms and moms-to-be and dads and single dads. And we just want to, we want to let people know that life is real. And we want to let people know that there is support and that things and life and happiness and sometimes sadness doesn't just happen to, to, to us. It happens to everybody. And we can still celebrate in those moments. I can't wait to to chat to Erin. Hello. Hello. Today. I just want to get this out of the way because there's a lot of people that's making this possible. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Crossfade Studio. They are an audio production and sound design studio that specializes in creative sound production and radio and television and digital media. Uh, They also accommodate a range of audio projects for broadcast, media, and post-production industry, and they boast an extensive sound effects collection, cutting-edge production music libraries, and sound design tool for producing custom sound design and musical elements for your brand. Uh, This is also the home for babybranch.co.za, where we are recording our podcast. Lindsay on the other side. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Who is Erin? You know what? My my Twitter bio, oddly enough, <laughs> I love that. Might actually be the best description because, like you say, we're so easily defined by sort of external factors, and you mm. look for external descriptors. And I've wow, yo, I've got cousins who really challenge me intellectually and emotionally. We have very deep conversations. So after this one conversation, I rewrote my Twitter bio, and it right. reads: Human only drinks decaf. Boss of the home. <laughs> and that's pretty much the best way to describe me because mm. that encompasses everything. I don't like to break myself into little bits like, oh, I'm a woman, I'm a wife, I'm a mother. No, I'm actually just a person mm. first. Um, am I the boss of the home? Yes, <laughs> I really am. Even note, my, note to husband, note to I husband. am the boss. No, he was present for the day when my six-year-old declared that I was the boss. Mm. So by that definition, thank you, child, I am the boss of the home. Because that also takes up quite a, a large chunk yeah. of my life is managing, literally managing everyone Everything. in my household. Because yeah. I keep track of everyone's admin. I make sure you all get fed and you take your vitamins. Extramurals. Extramurals. And I'm Shopping also for the in house. charge of the calendar. Because do you clean your own house? I do. I do okay, my own so, Wow. Yes. I actually did that last night. (laughs) I I got into trouble once because I said I like cleaning my house. I like cleaning my house. I I also do. I don't have a problem with cleaning my house. Really, I don't. Um, So you don't have... Ironing that I don't have time for. (laughs) Ironing is the issue. No, ironing is fun. I just want four hours to iron. So you don't have have any assistance with raising the kids other than with your husband? We've never had uh, a nanny or any help with the kids. (laughs) Look, my daughter obviously goes to... to We'll we'll get to Michael, my younger child in a bit, and why we don't have any sort of child help. And then we've had sort of domestic help in the past, but inevitably I end up 
doing it myself Stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's easier for me to sort of do and control. So I don't mind. Your one child is six and the other one is four. And today was Gromit's Day. Today was Gromit's Day. Yes. Uh, this would have I have been... a lot of... Is empathy the right word? Yes. Because I have had... A, my two-year-old had Gromit's done. And it's not easy because they have to go into a hospital and get, in, get anesthetic. But this is not your first hospital visit with your yeah. four-year-old. No, 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 no. How many no. have you had? Um, in total, so in the first year and a half of his life, we calculated that he'd been admitted to hospital 14 times. And this would have been his third surgery in his whole life. What were the others? So his first surgery was a pulmonary artery banding. And then his second surgery was a atrioventricular septal defect repair. Okay, so so <laughs> just so you know, Erin has educated herself because this is her baby. She's educated herself about her child's life conditions, pluses, not so pluses, because they're not negatives. They're like a part of him. So I don't want to call it that. What what happened? Okay, so back in 2014, I was… When we all had time. When we all had time. So <laughs> I was 30 and happily pregnant. You are younger than what I am? Yes. That's it. Can we please end this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so there I am, 30-year-old, you know, educated, mm. grew up in the suburbs, coloured girl, had a great job in media… Pregnant with her second kid, life is great. Got it together. Got it together for the most part. Mm. And then on the 28th of May, 2014, my son decided he was ready to emerge. How, how many weeks were you when he was 36 born? 36 weeks. 36, so you went yeah, into labor. I went into labor. Um, Do you know that I've actually never heard this? Oh, have you not heard the story? No. Okay, I'll summarize it. So no, I, I, I mean, this is the first time we're actually talking oh, about it. Oh, okay, so I can tell you. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the night before, um, my husband was actually scheduled to fly to Durban at 6 o'clock. The next morning, it was go- going to be his last business trip before, before you know, your baby pop. was yes. arrived. My baby shower, I found out, was actually scheduled for the Saturday yes. coming. So my water breaks at half past 10 the night before, and we scramble because we obviously had very little, almost nothing. And we went into And you've done all your assessments. You've done fetal. You've done We've done everything. And baby's fine. And he's great. He's lovely. Kicking, kicking, all all is great. And we go into hospital and, um, you know, the next morning, doctor comes and checks and he decides, okay, we're going to do a C-section because I had a C-section with my first child. And I say, that's lovely. And it's eight o'clock. And he says, okay, we're going to do the C-section at half past 12. And I say, but can I get an epidural? He says, no, you won't need it because you're obviously going for the C-section. Many hours later, I yell at a male midwife who was extraordinary, by the way. So you're still in labor at this time? I was in very active labor. Um, And at around quarter to 12, I said, get me out of the fetal heart rate monitor because I was just constricted. Um, I ran into the shower, stood in the shower for a couple minutes, actually more like 10. I was then told to get out of the shower and get into my theater gown so I could go to hospital. And when I climbed back in the bed, and this is the best part of the story, my husband says, oh, Minky van der Vestazen's visiting a friend across the passage. Oh, and Minky yes. and I went to high school together. Right. So I said, oh, go get her. And we had a chat. So she was pregnant with her second child. You're in labor I'm with in, your second I'm child. I'm literally 
me like I'm about to go off to theatre, but I find five minutes to have a chat no. with Minky van der Vestes and, and we're chatting due dates and, you know, what are you having? And, and you right now? Going? Yeah, and she was visiting from England. This sounds manic though. It, it wasn't. It was actually quite calm. And Minky says goodbye and off she goes and, you know, the nurse comes and they're now going to wheel me to theatre. But the maternity ward where I was at has a corner. So you have to come around the corner to exit the ward. And they leave me in the corner or on this little turn mm. to go and fetch my file that they forgot. And as I'm lying there, now this is the bit where it becomes very sketchy because I just feel this weird sensation. Mm-hmm. And my husband says, I screamed, but I don't remember You this. don't remember screaming. And the nurse comes along and she lifts up the blanket and she says, guys, turn her around. The baby's coming. And so at this stage now, the gynae walks in with a whole surgical team because I'm late and he's thinking something's horribly wrong. He dismisses like all the people and we go into the delivery room and I am begging for drugs. And he says, no, you, you can't need to any. listen to me right now. You're having this baby and we're going to do this with no drugs. And at this stage, I'm exhausted. Mm. I'm hungry. And I had the flu. Mm-mm. I was sick. So, yeah, they flipped me over onto my back and they're like, Erin, you're going you're gonna to do this now. And literally 10 minutes later, there was, was a baby. How much did he weigh? He was 2.6 kilos. Right. And the best thing about him is the pediatrician standing there and he checks him out. And they've now given me sort of steroids and stuff to help his lungs. But he comes out screaming and he's great and he's healthy. And my husband says he had to watch all these injections going into this poor child because they needed to contract all the medicine they gave him because he didn't need it. So out of the seven babies who were in the maternity ward at this stage, Michael was one of two boys and he was the prem baby. He was the smallest. He was the only baby who wasn't sick. Um, he had no jaundice, no complications, and we could go home. But before we could go home, our pediatrician came to us and said, I have some concerns mm. and I would like to run a blood test for Down syndrome. And we said, okay, fine, just do it. If we need to know, we might as well find out. So after all of that, you give birth and there you learn that your child might be Down syndrome. Yeah. We we actually did a blood test at 15 weeks and the test showed an, like a, a slightly higher risk. But both a fetal specialist and my very experienced gynecologist could not find any of the physical markers. And in fact, I actually filmed um, a 4D scan. We had to film a 4D scan for a health show that I was working on. And so naturally, I volunteered myself. (laughs) And, um, you know, everyone in Cape Town knows uh, Dr. Martin Pusey. He's sort of one of the best obstetricians in in the city. And I interviewed him and he did my 4D scan. And without knowing my history, he actually said to me, oh, you know, I find none of the physical markers for Down syndrome. And so we all thought everything was, was, fine. was fine. So when they said we want to run the test, I said, let's just do this because not knowing was actually the annoying thing. How do they, because I mean, there's certain things that they check and having had two children, owning four, literally, <laughs> um, how did they know that they must run the test? My gynae just decided for safety that she would leave a pencil note and say, let's rather check if if he showed any of the physical signs right. once he was born. Now, as far as I understand, there are six physical markers that a pediatrician will look for, for once birth, the baby's yes. born. And with Michael, he was sitting at about two and a half. He was actually unsure about the third one. And because he felt unsure, he decided let's rather eliminate the uncertainty and just draw the blood and do a blood test and find out. What did the test say? So the test said that he did, well, he does have Down syndrome. And... The day we found out was obviously quite emotional because you're 
begging, like I was literally on my knees begging for this child not to have Down syndrome. And I was sitting in the pediatrician's office breastfeeding him while the ped delivers the news. And shame, he actually felt really uncomfortable having to tell us. But he also said, you know, there are ways and means that you can work with this. It's not the worst thing in the world. And obviously then there are a lot of emotions. I'm obviously very hormonal. So went home and sort of sobbed for hours. Um, And I think sort of one of the best things that happened out of that day was that a couple of hours after we got the diagnosis, friends of mine were visiting from the UK and they were determined to see him before they flew back, I think the next morning. Because everyone wants to see the baby. Yeah, everybody wants to see the baby. So they popped around and I handed him to my friend and I was starting to tear up and her husband said to me, Erin, what's wrong? And I said, we found out this afternoon he has Down syndrome. And obviously then I break down completely. And the two of them just wrapped me in their arms and they just stood there with me for a couple minutes mm. and they just let me cry. And my friend said to me, look at this child. He is beautiful. He is beautiful. <laughs> he is actually quite cute. And she said, look at this child. He's beautiful. And she's like, I promise you this. For for what you're going through, you're going to get double the blessings. This child is not a bad thing. He is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And we will love him and you will love him. And we're going to get through this just fine. It's going to be okay. Which I appreciate. I needed that at that point in time. It's four years later. Yeah. It's been a journey of discovery, of learning, of emotions, of personal evolution. You know, I, I said this to my husband the other day that of all the people I know, you are always bubbly excited, positive. You can, anyone can ask Erin anything about illnesses or children (laughs) or even autism. She'll know, she'll know so much because you kind of had to educate yourself to read up to understand what your son is going through. I firmly believe in knowledge is power and I'm an information driven person by nature, which works out really well. Mm. I actually wanted to become a pediatrician myself. So I haven't would have been great. It would have been great. You would have spoken the whole time through the consultation. This is true. Erin <laughs> speaks a lot. I do. But, <laughs> but you would have been fantastic because you do. You're you're an information hub. It's not it's also that I just I get very emotionally attached to situations. So that mm. wouldn't have worked out. But because I'm naturally inclined towards that. So literally right after we get the diagnosis, I think by the next morning, once I'd calmed down, I realized I just needed information. Now, Down syndrome is a condition that many people know a couple of general things about. But what we were about to get into was actually just levels and levels and levels of information. So I have a friend who's a geneticist um, and I called her the next morning and I said, you need to find me a genetic counselor. Um, Because weirdly enough, the test for his Down syndrome was done at the lab neighboring where she worked. So it was right there. So she fortunately got me in contact with a wonderful genetic counselor who we ended up seeing only three, four days later. And we had a really good chat with her. Look, it was a What what does a genetic counselor do? So genetic counselor, basically, if if you say for people who have um, genetic conditions that are hereditary that run through their families. Genetic counselors are there to sort of counsel families, guide them on risk factors, um, on tests that need to be done. And with us specifically, what she did was she explained the sort of breadth of Down syndrome to us and then helped us understand, you know, what the possibilities were for the future. And the first thing she said to me was, Um, is it still flashing in your head? Mm. And I said, what? She's like, just the name of the condition. Does it constantly Mm. flash at you? And I said, yeah. She's like, that's normal. Um, And we we then spoke about what it entails. And 
it's actually so much more than what people can possibly fathom. Every child is actually unique. So any child with Down syndrome is still unique. Mm. They, there's a range of sort of symptoms, if you want to call it, but ways that the condition expresses itself mm. and not every child has it the same right. way. Um, there are weird little things that people don't realize, like children with Down syndrome sometimes have poor temperature control. So my son does not do well in summer when the temperature goes right. past 33 degrees. He sweats profusely. Um, what were the other things? Uh, just little things like their, their immune systems, like their development, actually mm. takes a little bit longer right. to develop. And just all the stuff. And then in the end, she said, okay, she said to me, you know, there's no way of gauging what their full potential is. And she said, that's actually almost the best thing because you mm. treat them like any other child. Right. Then. And I've seen that. I've seen yeah. you engage with your baby and it's awesome to watch you too. And he, he responds to you much more than, I mean, I just want him to hug and kiss me. And he's yeah. like, get away from me, weird tunny. Like, I don't want to kiss you right now all the time, <laughs> every five minutes. What's your natural response? Do you, do you want to blame because we're human, right? I would want to say, like, what do I, what do I do now? Like, I want to blame somebody. You know what? There's this now. I know is true because I've spoken with a lot of parents whose children are similar ages. Apparently, every parent who gets that diagnosis, you go through a period of mourning. Mm. And I didn't know what it was until I spoke to another parent right. about eight weeks later, and she put it into context for me. So you go through this period of mourning, and it's not that you're sad that your child has Down syndrome. Mm. You naturally ask why, and you might not like the condition, but you still love your child. Mm. And this period of mourning is grieving the loss of the life you had hoped or ah, you had imagined, imagined for your child. So you naturally go through the five stages of grief. You're very angry. You're in denial. You bargain. You're sad. You're sad, yeah. And for a short time in that space, because, again, I'm information-driven, I blamed myself because oh, science man, indicates that the majority of the time that third copy of the 21st chromosome is contributed by the mother. And then eventually I just got over that. And I was like, you know what? It's it's one of those things that you can't control. It's nature. It is going to happen. It is a, It is actually still considered a bit of a freak anomaly because they can't understand why it happens mm. or how it happens. And it happened. What's the point of blaming? It doesn't change anything. Is there a support group for moms and dads and parents when you realize that your child might be different to the way that you saw him? Definitely. And I found Where can it, we go? Like, it manifests itself in very different ways. Mm. So for me, my initial support structure was one mom. Um, I had read a parenting magazine and I tend to keep them. And I, the story of this woman and her son actually stuck with me. And I kept the magazine for something else, but I knew it was in there. And not long after we saw the genetic counselor... I frantically searched for this magazine because I knew her email address was in there. Right. And I emailed her directly and she was amazing. She was my sort of point of call. If I had questions, if I had feelings, I could email her and she'd give me just great reassurance and share from her experiences. Um, and we're still Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. Then um, I discovered that there are Facebook groups, okay. which are also lovely. Because what can we search for? 
You can search for T21 Kids South Africa. Um, actually, that's the one I'm in, but there's actually others, others as well. Sure. And there are a lot of, now I see there are a lot of new parents, parents who have just received their diagnosis, who come to the group and they say, this is my story. I'm looking for help. And mm. you'll find that because it's a national thing, people will ask, what area do you live in? Let's wow. connect with one another. Then the weird way that I've met other parents is in hospital. So because mm. my son is one of the 50% of children with Down syndrome who have a congenital heart defect, you now naturally are going to meet other parents mm. in our natural habitat, which is hospital. Sure. So I, the first family I met um, actually live in Kenya, um, an American family who live in Africa. And we were introduced to one another by Dr. Susan Fosler. So she had operated on both our children and we were sitting in the waiting room and she said, you guys should talk to one another. Your stories are very similar. And that's what I'm saying. This is the grieving period thing was actually brought to light to me by that mom mm. who explained it to me and right. we were just sitting there and we've maintained contact there's uh when my son had his second surgery there was the boy who was right next door to him we didn't speak to his parents literally just said hello goodbye but i admired this mom because she dressed really cool and she wore these <laughs> awesome sneakers and so for 10 days we called her cool mom it's funny what what makes you like people right yeah. <laughs> And I, I had hoped to speak to her. And then um, um, another mom that I know messaged me about 10 weeks later and said, there's this mom. I don't know if you guys might have been in hospital at the same time. Here's her number. I've given her yours. Message each other. And we messaged each other and we discovered it was in fact her. And I told her right up. The, I was like, I called you cool mom for 10 days. I hope ah, you, and you admitted to it. But we're friends. Like, we're really good friends now. Is there times that you have the baby in the pram? And and I say baby loosely because, I mean, my babies will stay my babies even though they're 3, 13, and 12. He's my baby. And one. Your four-year-old is in the pram. You are shopping at the pharmacy and people just want to touch him. Or is there a certain way you want to be approached? Hmm. We haven't had, literally, we haven't had any bad stranger interactions i will say we've like our, our interactions with people we don't know has increased exponentially <laughs> since he came along mm -hmm. and it's not a bad thing so often when we're out you will get people who look and they don't know what to do but if i smile at them they smile back right and then it's not a problem we've had I've had quite a few moms with children who with Down syndrome who are in their 20s will stop me and mm. then we'll have a chat conversation about it. Sure. Yeah, we'll have a conversation about it. I've had... And the, you're quite open having those I'm conversations. I'm very open about that. I'm, I'm quite fine. Um, we've had a couple of, of omas and tannies, you know, while we're out at a restaurant who'll come and say hi. And we've had a lot of like young people saying, can I say hello to him? And, you know, would it be fine? And we're like, it's cool. What are some of the things or misconceptions that you would want to, like, let me just set the record straight, if you if you had the opportunity? First things first. Yeah. Not just about your son, but Down syndrome. Yeah. So first things first, um, Down syndrome, I know it's, it's, they say, you know, it happens more often to women over 35. But first things first, children with Down syndrome, the overwhelming majority, are actually born to mothers under the age of 35. So it's sure. not a... If you're having a, a what do they call a late age pregnancy or, mm. or you're pregnant when you're over 35, yeah. it's not to say that it is going to happen. Mm. And if, say, if you're 25 and getting pregnant, it's not to say that it isn't going to happen. Mm. Um, this was my biggest thing that I discovered is it's it's the same. Like the risk factors are actually the same. Mm. Like I said, I was 30 and this was my second pregnancy and I'm 
healthy. I rarely drink. I don't smoke. I've always lived a healthy lifestyle. And hey, we got him. He's great. He's great though. The second thing is, is that people think that children with Down syndrome are always happy. No, mm. no. I have a three-year-old who is like a like mostly like a regular little boy. He's extremely mischievous. Mm. Um, great stuff. He's chased my cat. He's chased the cat. Um, <laughs> he throws tantrums. He gets sad. Mm. He's very, very stubborn. And if he doesn't get his way, he gets upset about mm. it. They're not always happy. They don't have a limited range of emotions. They have all all the feels, um, they are completely unique. So there are personality traits from mom and dad that will definitely show right. in each child. What does um, he have about you? With me, mm, that's a good question, actually. He's a lot like, we say that like he and my daughter are actually very much alike. They have the same sense of humor. They've got like a wicked streak <laughs> of sense of humor. Um, he, like I say, he's quite mischievous and he's a little bit adventurous. That's all of you, basically. No, but I think we, we he get, he's definitely got <laughs> ha- husband's side of the family stubbornness. But that stubbornness and that strong wall of his is actually the foundation for his confidence. Mm. And so we embrace it and we're just trying to mold it so that it becomes a positive in his future. You know, there's, there's quite a few misconceptions that they don't learn. They learn. Trust mm. me, they will learn by imitation. Um, they pick up the strangest little things. They, they have their own likes and dislikes. He loves music. And where my daughter loves stories – his obsession with books is probably double hers. He he has always loved reading books and he and loves to read. Yeah. That I would say he got from me because I'm a ferocious reader. And that's how he and I have bonded over the years is me reading to him every day. I don't think there are days that go by where I don't read to him. I, I have a lot of mommy guilt and I don't often enjoy other people looking after my children, mm. especially when I travel. And I travel a lot. Yes, you do. Two days in the week, I'm in a different city. And I have to hand over my kids, whether they're teething or whether they have a raw bum from a nappy rash. Yeah. I have to get out and then I have to come back and be mom again. Why have you, like sometimes for me it's a financial thing, right? Why haven't you gotten someone to help you at home with Michael? Circumstance partly. Um, because he was so sick for the first year of his life and because, you know, his health issues were were quite complicated, mm. it was simply easier for me to take hold and manage mm. that. And because work... And well done, won- hey? Work wonderfully worked yeah. out that way, um, it just became the norm and we didn't think anything of it. Now where I do sort of step out and I, I do other things and, you know, I want to meet up with people, I actually just, you know, want to be a, a, a woman who hangs out with her friends. Now I will gladly... Hand him over to... But he's also older now. Yeah, and, and he's older now. Hand him over to my mom, my mom-in-law. The risk when he was younger was that he he can get sick very easily mm. and very quickly. Um, and it's it's being prepared for that. So I'm, I'm very prepared mm-hmm. for that. For example, people say to us, you know, like, do you guys ever go away for weekends? I don't think anybody with small children just goes away for weekends. I see people. I'm like, how do you do that? That's just me. Like when I had when I had one child, I would take her overseas. But now that I have four, (laughs) come on, can you please just explain that to me? I I admire people who take their children under the age of five to like Mauritius. I just want to know how that works out for you. No, I want that. Don't say that, Erin. You want to do that because my husband's listening to this. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I want to go. You can go to Mauritius. It's fine. (laughs) 
It's fine. But now, for example, when we go away for a weekend, and literally we do this maybe once a year, we'll go away for a weekend. But we then have to be somewhere where we know we can easily have access to a hospital Mm. or we can get home in time. Or, or actually not even or, I just do. I pack like a mini kit with me. So our thermometer goes, a digital mm. thermometer goes everywhere with us. I have to pack a nebulizer mm. and meds just in case. Mm. I keep many antihistamines in my little pharmacy <laughs> at home. But there are things that I know that I have to take with. And you weigh the risk of like, if you go at the wrong time of year, if Michael decides he's going to pick up a little bug, and I mean, he'll pick up like a common cold and he'll mm. have croup within six hours. Right. Then I have to consider, okay, the time of year, you know, what is he going to do while we're there? Um, we've, I've actually gone away for a weekend. Uh, yeah, and he has broken a glass vase in the house he was staying. And we're like, okay, let's make sure the place is child-friendly. So we don't do it often, but also we need to do that as a family. But I almost want to point out that maybe you as a mom, it's just thorough and great because when I go away for the weekend, we we take both my babies away yeah. a lot and all for my children. I'm a stepmom. So I, we take all four our kids away a lot. And, and we also have to be thorough and actually just be wise in your own mind to yeah. make sure that you, you don't make small mistakes. So I, I think you just… Which is great. Just thorough. But <laughs> yeah. now, like like the beginning of this year, we we did it. It was a we had a big milestone in our family, in that I was I went away by myself. So I was allowed by to, your own self without my, any children. By my own self with no children and no husband. Is there applause? Can we get applause, please? <laughs> so first off, huge huge gold medal to my husband for agreeing to this, and he wanted me to do this because. He felt that it was time. I, mm. I deserved a break. My cousin was getting married and I wanted to go and hang out with my family. And you just wanted to have tea. I just wanted to go and have tea. <laughs> anybody calling you. <laughs> I did. And it, it took us seven months of planning to decide, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, flights had to be diligently decided on and booked so that the timing would work out well. And off I went and it was fantastic. If there was one message mm. that you could give to your growing children, what would it be? Hmm. I tell my kids, and at least I tell my daughter this often, is to just be herself and love who she is with all her little imperfections and, you know, things that might drive her crazy about herself. That is actually all I want is for her to just love who she is but the same counts for Michael because I think our view of the world has also changed where we consider that people might look at him and there will be maybe a little bit of judgment or stigma attached to that and we want him to be confident in who he is even in his difference and for us you know putting this message into our daughters is also important because ultimately she becomes you know one of her brother's protectors in Mm. in adulthood and if she can be confident in who she is and she's comfortable with who she is as a person, she's naturally going to advocate for that for him because she knows him only as her brother and she knows his little quirks and Mm. his, you know, little niggles in life and things he does and doesn't do. And if, if they can go through life at least with that confidence, just having love for who they are in their uniqueness, I think that that to me would be the hallmark of success as a parent. If my children can live by the words, 
if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Of all the gifts that life has to offer, I know a loving mother is really the greatest gift of all. And I think you're doing really well. I, I know that you have so much to give. You're a great inspiration, not just by how you deal, whether it's in sadness or in joy, in, in your, your whole family's everything. I, I'm so inspired by you. I really am. And that's why today you, my mommy hero, you're literally someone who I take on as, as someone who can out there and be everything for her children. And I want to thank you for opening up because through this series, I know that people will feel encouraged and they will feel that they're not alone because one shouldn't ever feel like you're alone, even if you think you are. This is true. I think there are just any mom with a child who has any kind of difficulty, whether it's a severe allergy or whether it's a major health concern, whether it's some kind of learning disability or physical disability, it's very easy to feel alone. And mm. I've been there and it it can be very, very soul destroying. And if you just open yourself up to people, you will find that there are streams of love and support that will come for you. And it's it's amazing to me that I have really great people mm. who who are amazing with our family and would go sort of to the ends of the earth for us and who stick with us mm. despite the fact that we can't always go out for dinner or you know Michael might not show up for a birthday party mm. but it's that people have an interest um that they will check in and ask how is he mm. doing and you know are you guys okay and it's the smallest thing the absolute smallest thing like even just speaking to us not as parents, mm. like realizing that we have other interests and there are other sides to our lives, that we have interests that we like to talk mm. about. It makes us feel sort of more human again, that for that moment, you're not sort of all consumed by the worry or, you know, planning. Having to inform yourself or having again. having to inform or, yourself, you know. yeah. It, it's, it's really great to have that. And you know, it's the strangest thing, but one of my strongest supporters is a friend who is not married and has no children. Oh, wow. Yeah, she is. And it's it's... It was something that she did. And I she, say wow because not everyone understands, understands that, that usually, yeah. yeah. And she, but it's because she thinks of me as just Erin. Mm. Not as Erin uh, is a mom or or Erin works in media or Erin is this and that. She only sees me just as Erin, her friend. But I always think you're amazing. That's pressure. No. Erin <laughs> is like super she's duper. She's way cooler than me. She's definitely way cooler than me. <laughs> she is. She genuinely is. I, I, I'm like, I'm her biggest supporter as well. And when I was going through sort of a very, like the really, like the most difficult time, personally, not not Michael, it was actually just me, um, she had noticed that I was not myself. And she said for a good couple of months, and note, she also lives in Joburg. So she has to fly in to Aaron see me. Everyone lives in Cape Town. So I live in Cape Town, sorry. They're far away so from she, each other. So she'd fly in and she'd come and see me like once a month. And she said over a couple of months, she had noticed that I was becoming more and more withdrawn and she started to get really worried about me and so one day she said you and I are going out for a girl's day <laughs> and she was like we're doing this we're going out and I was late and I actually walked in there and I was crying because I was so sad that I was 45 minutes late to this big date and she's like I'm buying you vodka um but no <laughs> oh no <laughs> she did though she says she loves me now when I'm on Al vodka. alcohol does not fix all does not fix everything no but she said to me you know seeing seeing the me that she knows come out 
she realized this is what I needed. And that's an incredible thing for someone to notice is that you as a person just need a little time out and she could create that for me. That's why it's like, it's great to have people who just love you as you. Well, you can have a lot of time out with me because this is all we have time for today. Okay. You rock though. Thank you. Uh, we also want to thank Crossfade Studio for this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Crossfade Studio. Uh, they're an audio production and sound design studio that specializes in creative sound production for radio, television, and digital media. You can find them on Facebook and on Instagram. You can search at Crossfade Studio ZA or crossfadestudio.co.za to hear their latest work. Do you get that to hear there? Because it's audio. <laughs> No, Gary. <laughs> I was no. I I'm going to get you out of here. I was caught up in your sexy no, voice. No, no, kum kum. Lizzie love loves it. She's a she's a mom. She's great. Where can we follow you? Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Erin. Do you post pictures Dresden. of your child? Online? I do. Do you really? I really do post pictures of my children. I do. Um, so that's where you can find me. I'm also Erin Drayton on Twitter, and I do tweet about my kids. Hey? Wow. I okay. really do. I Because I that's a thing. Because that's a thing. That's why thing. I say wow. I don't, share the, don't, don't call me and say, why do you say wow when no, people I, I share sort of the, the, the oddities of our life and the great <laughs> things my six-year-old uh, says. And Erin's Aaron's favorite word is weird. And my favorite word she is She says weird a lot. Thanks for your time. Thank you. It's the having... end now. You must stop speaking. Sorry. Okay. Bye. <laughs> when last were you in the club? Are nightclubs a thing of the past since you became a parent? If so, that doesn't mean your clubbing days are over. Join the Pick and Pay Baby Club for free and get three times Smart Shopper points on all baby-related products, as well as exclusive deals and more. Send a free SMS with your Smart Shopper card number to 30651 to join today. Pick and Pay Baby Club is one of the proud sponsors of Ilana Africa's Baby Brunch.